He go toilet on my hands. Oh my God. Urine is oh 35 God. degrees Celsius. Oh Staves God. off the frostbite. My day, my name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials, we have four of us here, which is super exciting. We're not really going to go back. We're going to only going to go back the next last couple of weeks, I think, pretty much, and we're going to talk about the latest Marvel stuff. So we're going to start with some Black Widow impressions and uh, move on to Loki and really what the rest of the MCU might look like, I think, in the future is really what that talk is mostly going to be about. Um, but this week... I'm joined by Michael R. Power, Ian Walter, and Wife Power. Yay! It's been too long. <laughs> it's been way too long. I think it's probably been almost a year since since you were on, or over a year, maybe. I've been a little distracted, yeah. but uh, it's, <laughs> good. it's good. It's good to be on? back. <laughs> it's I wish a couple. It's, it's one <laughs> one specific thing that one takes up a lot of time. <laughs> Who would have thought? Damn. If only we knew, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, because because it's been a while, I mean, I, I think I think we want to. I think we'll, we'll get, let's hear from you first. Let's start with Black Widow, and let's start with some uh, some quick impressions. I guess let's let's not. We'll get into some a little bit more details as we sort of all get our ideas in there. But, but what did you sure. think of the movie? I really liked it. Um, I love the Marvel format. Like in general, I like that. It's just packed with action um it's fun like i i like that it's lighthearted. like even though there's some serious moments like they they keep it light um which uh you don't get in another uh comic book franchise often um but yeah i really enjoyed it i um i love scarlett johansson as black widow um i think she's got the perfect combination of like an action star, but also kind of keeping that like femininity to her. Um, and I, I really enjoyed Florence Pugh as well. I think she's going to be a great addition to the the MCU. She's great. Yeah. If an, if anyone could be added, if any great actress could be added to the MCU, it's one of them. Especially in recent years, we've seen more and more of her. So, um, Ian, what about you, man? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, uh, there were definitely shades of Winter Soldier. You know, she had some great, uh, Natasha Romanoff had some great development in Winter Soldier. And I think this kind of carries forward, fills the gaps between Civil War and Infinity War and really fleshes out her character a bit more and gives us her backstory that we've kind of been teased over the years. You know, it's been mentioned in The Avengers. And, uh, it's just, you know, this is a movie that should have came out, uh, let's, be, let's be real, at least in phase three if not phase two, but definitely a, a movie that is a long time coming and better late than never. Um, but there are benefits to having it uh, slotted where it is now and being sort of the first film of phase four, the first film to follow up in the uh, Infinity Saga's you know, shadow. So definitely uh, really enjoyed it. And I could see parallels between this being the first film of phase four and also the three series that we've had in phase four, there's definitely some connective tissue, at least thematically, um, that kind of makes it a good fit for the first film out since uh, Endgame and Far From Home. Yeah, yeah, 
I agree. Mike, what about you, man? Yeah, you know, I loved it. You know, like Ian <laughs> and like uh, White Power. I'm a Marvel zombie. And um, I will say, though, I think that the Marvel stuff does tie well into our show because it's all the stuff that we loved when we were kids. So that's the tie in there, uh, all getting to see on the big screen. So, yeah, I although I did say I will say I love it. It will probably rank somewhere like mid Marvel for me, which is still really, really, really good. I do think it's probably the best female led uh, comic book movie. Um, I think it's the best one that I've seen. So there's that going for it. I think, it's, I think it's like a great movie um, for the for the female audience. The way that like all the main and best characters are women, and they're not like they're pining over men the whole time. They have their own agency and and all that. So that's really cool. So something uh, for the girls like my daughter to you know aspire to and all that. So that's nice. Um, I think I love how funny it was. That's the thing. That's what I miss when I, when I watch other Marvel movies or other comic movies. I miss the humor. It was like hilarious. Like especially David Harbour, he crushed oh, it. Yeah. So anyways, I, 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 I give it uh, I give it like a four and a half out of five, almost perfect score. And somehow that's act. in the middle. Somehow that's in the middle for you. <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow that's like the 15th best Marvel movie, but <laughs> oh, still 15th. a four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because there's just so many good ones. And I think yeah. the, the biggest the biggest thing from keeping it back from being like up there in the top and such a game changer is that it's a bit overdue and it put, it's not it's like uh, the whole prequel thing is kind of makes it so it can't be that that much uh changing of the status quo and you know what i mean it has to like end in the, like a sitcom like end in the spot where you're familiar with so i do think it's cool though this movie is showing us the succession plans of how they're going to handle this along with Captain Winter, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, like the new era of the superheroes, because yeah. there was a lot of talk, like, are they just going to recast Iron Man and Captain America and right. Black Widow? Right. But I think, you know, it's clear they're going to do something that's been done in the comics a long time and uh, introduce, like, the next version of that character. And just like in the comics, how Sam Wilson becomes Captain America, um, the Florence Pugh, I just can't remember the name right now. It's like Yelena. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Is like a version of the Black Widow yeah. in the comics. So, anyways, I like that a lot. I like the passing the torch from She's Scarlett US Agent John Walker to Natasha. Yeah. yeah. Lee, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Which I, I maybe, actually, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I like passing the torch to from Sergeant Hanson to Florence Pugh. And when Florence Pugh is in the Black Widow in the new mm-hmm. universe, you know, they have this movie where they pass the torch. I just think that's. That's great, great idea. So yeah, I loved it. I I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. I still don't think it was great. I think that it just it hit it after about I guess it was about two hours, right? It was a little, but it didn't feel that long. It was actually really good pacing and stuff. I thought that I, I thought it was gonna feel a little too long. I looked at the runtime. I was like, oh my god, what are they doing with this movie? Did you bust um, out the jump to conclusions, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I felt like I was going to jump to conclusions before I even hit play on this movie. I was like, oh, I know what this movie is. I know how it's going to go, whatever. Most For the most part, that wasn't the case, which is why I liked it so much. Um, I think that it, that it was really, really good in the first half hour, 45 minutes, and then it slowly started dropping from there, honestly. Um, and it's cool that the family got together and everything, but once they you know spoilers but once they got into the 
into the house where they were sort of in their their hideout that's where the movie went downhill in my opinion like i just the last 45 minutes to an hour it felt like any other movie and that's okay you know you still have fun with it it's still well done it looks great the the sort of scheming that they do to kind of pull off what they need to was still you know entertaining part parts of it were kind of surprising and stuff but um yeah i, I for the most part i liked it um and i think that aside from a couple of scenes and a couple characters i felt like they were just sort of off off the just sort of two side like taskmaster is just too much of a side character and mm. to me would have been better in, an, in in a more like avengers type movie um to really show what taskmaster skills are and i know mike has some has some thoughts on on what that's all about too but um yeah for the most part i liked it for the most part it felt like at certain points like i think the scene where where, where she goes to see her sister where they first meet each other that little mini fight scene was fun. And then their chase scene after that was Very fantastic. born identity. Yeah, it's Very exactly what identity. it felt like. It felt like a mix mm -hmm. of Bourne and James Bond. I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, it was really, really well done. It's shot in that way. Obviously, there's a car chase, which is straight in a European city, which is straight out of the first Bourne, or I think even two of them. Um, so oh, it really felt like them. that. Yeah, probably all of them. Yeah, <laughs> probably twice in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> So definitely felt like that, which is which is a, a you know a plus I think, um, but that was to me that was a, that was its high, and um, and then it slowly started dropping a bit from there. It's 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 in the middle somewhere for me too. I have to sort of see, maybe watch like Doctor Strange again and Guardians yeah. two again and things like that, which are also kind of in the middle for me, um, and see where I might want to place it there. But uh, but I still I still liked it more than I thought I would. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of spoilers, I guess, until we talk about the very end. But uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, the rank yeah, sort of middle of the larger, Yeah, I was just gonna say, what's some of the larger like MCU stuff that you thought was like really well done in it? Because you were sort of mentioning that. Um, well, that third act is it was kind of what we've come to expect from Marvel, but it also mm -hmm. kind of, in a way, where I think Natasha was probably the strongest co-lead to to steve rogers in yeah. the winter soldier and now we're getting to see sort of her, her place in that story um and you know that that third act was very similar to the third act of winter soldier so i don't know if that helps or hurts it but it's essentially uh i i, I liked the parallels from that and i i did like what we got from taskmaster uh despite seeing sort of you know, knowing that he's a much different character in the comics and knowing that that was some people's gripes with the film is that it was kind of a one-dimensional character. But I've actually watched Black Widow again. That was the one benefit to delaying this review of I've seen it twice now. And I still think it hits the same uh, where Taskmaster is just kind of this unstoppable force, this Terminator. And I and I didn't mind the reveal. Like even, even knowing it going in, yeah, it still plays the same for me and still I, plays I think the reveal intense. was good. Yeah I, yeah, I don't think the reveal was what I had an issue with personally. I think for me it was, I, I just, I like Taskmaster being someone that can just mimic someone else. I think that's such a cool idea and it's sort of a, yeah. a fun way to kind of be like, oh, this character is a quote unquote God because they can just mimic you and how you're supposed to be able to beat them. Yeah, like maybe I don't think that came enough. across properly in the movie is what it is. Yeah, like we didn't that, get enough of those it. like references, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like- I could see that. Like, like, you know, someone who doesn't really know what Taskmaster is will see, will see her or them throwing the shield and you go, oh, well, that looks familiar. You, you get what they're going off of, but you don't really get 
that it's the exact same as Captain America, I think, in the moment. But right. maybe that's just because we're a little bit re removed from seeing scenes like that because of when the movie came out in the last year and a half and all that kind of crap, right? Well, so, for me, maybe. I thought it was interesting. It's like it's seeing another country's take on the whole super soldier experiment. Like it's, yes, we can't do it was, exactly yeah. the same, but we're yeah. going to do it in a different way. Yeah. And just seeing like this legion of Black Widows, like you could see how that could Red be room. terrifying if, Red it, room. if it wasn't Red put in room. check in the way it was in the <laughs> film, right? Like if, yeah, if, it, if it went unchecked and they have all these unstoppable Black Widows running around on the planet, um, you know, mindless drones kind of thing that are yep. just doing the, the Red uh, Faction's bit of so. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the, I, red I room, yeah. The, red room, the Red Room. <laughs> The floating red room. I, I, that was the joke. I, of the I dug it though, because it made sense from what we've heard. Um, I don't know if we necessarily got enough of this whole like Budapest experience that they kept teasing along the way. Like it was kind yeah, of just, yeah. It was like the uh, yeah Budapest. Budapest. <laughs> uh, it, it was cool, which is true. It is the way you're supposed to say it. <laughs> it was cool having been there. Yeah. It was cool having been there and being able to see that. I always like that. Like when I watch Far From Home, like been to Prague so it was nice to like see that on screen but anyways and it's a beautiful um, city so <laughs> yeah exactly um I think it's similar to what I think power had an issue with like the Kessel run in solo it's like it's not quite what they kind of built it up to be is like like they're fighting in Avengers uh against aliens coming out of the spy oh it's like Budapest all over again it's like how is this like Budapest <laughs> you know but then he, he does have that line we remember Budapest very differently so <laughs> Um, but I liked it. I thought that, uh, you know, for, I, I, I also like the timing of how we're kind of seeing the, how Loki ended up and, and this film being the first film out the gate in phase four, we're kind of going from the status quo of what the MCU was to now breaking it open into what it could be. And even through the wildly different themes, Black Widow being more of a spy thriller, more grounded, uh, Loki being kind of cosmic and just like supernatural out there. But they both have, they're both uh, dealing with this idea of fighting for free will, yeah, fighting for freedom, definitely. right? Yep. So from a human element perspective, Black Widows, you know, they're trying to control human beings with the use of chemicals. And then when you translate that into a more multiversal perspective, we have the big bad that we're going to be talking about in the next segment yeah uh, but just this idea of just can, like do you actually have a choice or is everything that you're doing kind of preordained it's, it's like a running theme now through the beginning of this uh this next phase of the mcu it's cool um mina was there like a standout scene or character i mean i know i know we sort of mentioned florence Pugh and all that but Mm -hmm. um, was there was there like one thing in particular that sort of stood out that made it uh something you really enjoyed or was it just sort of the overall Feelings. I think there's the overall movie in general. Um, I think as a female, like the whole female-led like um, comic book movies being the lead is kind of a new thing. Um, for me, I had a really hard time when Wonder Woman came out because I feel like it's safe to say it now. I hated it. I did not like Wonder Woman at all. And the I, first one or, or both? <laughs> I actually don't like either. But yeah. um, fair enough the the problem was if you said that you didn't like it as a first like female superhero movie it you weren't you were anti-feminist you weren't um like saying you like, didn't like ghostbusters 2016 
crispining yeah. so like that created a problem for me because it's like well I just didn't like the movie and personally I actually don't think the movie is very feminist and very like girl power because you have a a superhero in a skimpy costume and she's pining over a man the whole time Absolutely. Whereas pining. You, big, big whereas you, yeah, literally pining yeah <laughs> <laughs> or you get Damn, these, that was good <laughs> these marvel movies and and i said it after captain marvel that's the type of female superhero movie i want to see yeah i want to see a woman being a complete badass i don't want to see her pining over like you're not just throwing a love story in the movie just because it's a, a female-led movie. You have these strong female characters that are just absolutely badass. And, and I think that's, that's what I like to see from these Marvel movies. Um, in terms of like my favorite scene, and, and I wish that the movie, I think for me, if the movie had stayed along this path, I would have liked it a little bit more. But I, I, again, I still really, really like the movie is how you guys talked about that one scene and, and Mike and I even said it to each other when we were watching it. It felt like we were watching Marvel's um, Born Identity or Marvel's James Bond um, with the, the scene with the sister and then the car chase. Like I liked that. Like it truly was Marvel's spy movie. And then towards the third act, it does get more into a typical Marvel, like big bang um uh, like superhero movie but I, I almost feel like I would have enjoyed it more if it almost stayed more of like a smaller scale yeah like spy heist movie um but but yeah otherwise I I really liked it um I loved the costumes um when Scarlett Johansson is in the white um costume I thought that was just completely awesome their new ones um, yeah oh I want to say something about the uh oh sorry go on Oh, I was going to say the, um, the vest thing. I didn't even pick up on, um, I saw like a, a gif after the fact and, and Scarlett Johansson actually wears that yeah. in yeah. the, I didn't pick like, up on that till the second time. Around. Oh, in the later movies? Like, before yeah. yeah. Oh, that's she's so wearing, awesome. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing it in, I think it's like a still from Endgame, and she's wearing, or maybe it's Infinity War, but she's actually Either wearing one of those. the yeah, best. From one yeah. Of those. yeah. Yeah. Whichever. Well, I guess this is after civil war, right? So then it will, yeah, so it's in between yeah, so Civil yeah. War and Infinity War. So yeah, so probably it's probably the Infinity War, War one. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's got the blonde hair that she had at the end of the movie too. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love I love how it just it has to it's it's because of the hair color that's when you know it takes place or whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah she I, she literally holds the box of hair dye. I was like, really? Come on. <laughs> but that, I I like that too. How she's watching Bond while she's hiding. I yes, I saw that. That's so funny. That's great. Yeah, she's just hiding um, out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like I right, definitely right. Can saw. I jump in and, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Mike, go ahead. Okay, no, I want to. I no. want to say um, <laughs> you just a few observations. <laughs> just a few observations about like some critiques against the movie. Uh, the Taskmaster, I do kind of think character was a bit of a letdown, especially if you're a huge fan from the comic books, because you know didn't really get to showcase it that much what his powers are, and I think what they did turning into women was was a smart idea, and giving. Uh, black widow her own like winter soldier like someone from the past that she didn't want to that she didn't want to kill so that was cool but i think the character is hard to adapt in the modern internet age i think it's a cool character back in the time pre-internet where it's like what he sees he can copy and do 
but I think when you're trying to adapt that when there's like the internet and YouTube it becomes like kind of complicated and kind of just like why isn't just watch all of the best people on YouTube then become the most badass and then it's like why would he even need to watch the Avengers why doesn't he just watch you know what I mean it becomes like it's a very hard character to adapt so it's very you can get very nitpicky so I understand that you know they they want to use the character it's hard to adapt they did a good job I think uh, making yeah. it more like tech based kind of right um, and then the the, the third act uh, I think it, it does fall to the whole like it's a comic book movie and we have to do the big action third act it might have been cooler if it was a smaller scale more of a spy movie third act where they had to get in and out instead of like destroy the whole thing but the one thing I've noticed listen to a, quite a, a few reviews and a lot of people especially men saying how the villain was was a really bad villain and was a really lame villain but then a lot of female reviewers were like that villain was really good because it's every woman's nightmare it's like this man who can control all these women and ha- who releases the pheromones that so they can't attack him and that is just like so terrifying and the scene where he's like slapping her around you know what i mean is like yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. i guess it's for women i don't wife power maybe you can attest to that it's it's something maybe that the men are not understanding when they watch the movie well i think it like obviously i I didn't grow up in that time but you could look back on a time where like women weren't allowed to vote it's kind of like the same idea like women have fought for so much over the years that and then you see a movie like this and a man is able to take that away from you like just like that like completely yeah Mm -hmm. so i think and like the other idea too like they talk about how they sterilize them like Mm -hmm. um and it's it's funny because um in the scene where they talk about it there's humor to it and you're kind of laughing and like but if you really sit and think about like what because just the way like they're having the conversation with the the dad um but if you really sit and think about it like it's it's, it's extremely disturbing like gallows humor right like a really dark humor like i'm really turning and yeah. then actually florence pew actually ad-libbed those lines or, oh, or fought really? for them and was like as a female perspective like like they wrote that in as the black widow storyline and she kind of was like that's messed up like we have to like like uh mention that straight up that like this these characters these characters so yeah she she like fought for those lines in there and so i thought that was a good touch and yeah so that's that's just what i said about the villain maybe if you're a guy and you're thinking the villain is lame, maybe try to see it from another perspective and, and realize that the, the purpose he's serving in the movie is, um, you know, the villain of sort of toxic masculinity or whatever. So to, to be the main villain in a, in a female-led superhero, like, it's yeah. really, it's really good writing, I think, so. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that the perform, or the, the right, the way the character's written works, the performance itself was like Ray Winstone's, like, I don't know, it's probably proof that the accents overall could have used a little bit of polish in this this film, but uh, he yeah. didn't really care to have one. It seems so. Yeah, I think like um, um, like uh, Harper's character was just like too cartoony for me, which is why I didn't really get much of a laugh out of him. Um, I was really digging but, him, but uh, like yeah. I get it, I, I get going for that. Like, and but it was just like. Him as the comic relief, I thought was just awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with Mike. I really, I really liked his character. Um, I just think that I don't know. So the the accents were a little off. Um, I like Kevin James could have played that villain. Like anyone could have stepped in. You know what I mean? Like it. it but but I do get what Mike was saying on, in that like the actual way he was written as like this kind of toxic masculine presence. That that's all you really needed out of him, I guess, for that. 
and then you got the callback with uh with black widow being like you know thank you for your co- cooperation and yeah like, yeah turning the good. tables on him that was pretty yeah. cool yeah um so you, you got a lot of callbacks like that and even uh if we're connecting to the cap series i could see stuff that we saw in the falcon the winter soldier you know whether it's her falling from the sky and kind of like diving through a helicopter that kind of reminded me of the aerial scenes in that show and also in the beginning i really liked the action sequence i really liked like you know the escape on the plane and i kept yeah. thinking when uh, david harbour is like you know shooting his way out of there i'm like see that's how because he's a super soldier that's how you bust out of that situation as opposed to do you remember the flag smashers and Falcon Winter Soldier, the guy's like, I'll hold them off. And then he just gets like gunned down. And he just gets destroyed. (laughs) Unceremoniously destroyed. Whereas David Harbour actually like uses his abilities and gets everybody. Yeah, yeah. He lifts the the thing over and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. the the whole uh, the family dynamic. I thought all the drama in the film worked pretty well. So, Mm. you know, you, you might have to skip past the accent problems, but Florence Pugh was a really strong second in that in that film for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll quickly talk about it before we get to Loki, but the uh, post-credit, mid-credit scene thing was kind of cool. I think yep. that uh, now we know who we're probably going to see in the uh, in the Hawkeye series, um, which is interesting. And it's also interesting, as far as I understand, this was shot before the scene even was shot before uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that character was introduced. What we thought was introduced mm-hmm. into that series. This was supposed to be... Julia Louis-Dreyfus's introduction to the MCU was that scene. Um, I think they changed the scene around, though. They wrote it differently. They wrote, and they wrote and both scenes yeah. differently. Yeah. And you know what? I still think it's a bit of a blessing in disguise. I think that the yeah. order we got things in works. I think it works totally um, fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that we got WandaVision first. And on that, and on that point, I, I did uh, notice a similarity between the backstories of uh, Natasha Romanoff and Wanda Maximoff. They're both I Avengers, heard. both... Uh, had to deal with evil forces kind of i uh, want to know um what you guys think this is setting up because i have a theory about what uh what's uh contessa them valentina Valentina contessa is setting up i want to know what you guys what's your theory i have no idea because i don't even know who her character really is i have no idea well i know it's sort of like a dark avengers type of idea but i don't know if that's exactly what they're called i just know that's sort of what it is I think it's it's uh, interesting to see all the different characters that are popping up in this phase, particularly that tie into the stuff that Mike you were pointing out to me with West Coast Avengers. Um, but I think it's going to be more like a Thunderbolt slash Dark Avengers type thing. I don't know if they're going to set up two separate teams that are also opposing the Avengers, whereas I think they might do the the Marvel thing where they amalgamate and do one one team. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I was like, do you have any uh, guesses? I guess my guess at this point in time, I don't know too much about the Dark Avengers, but I'm I'm kind of like leaning on the idea that it's going to be similar to like DC's Suicide Squad. Like it's going right. to kind of be you like know, that's that's what the Thunderbolts are. In Thunderbolts, yeah. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Like it won't be the same concept where they're. I guess all in jail, but they're kind of going to be like the bad guys, but doing something good. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I, I'll tell you my theory. I'll tell you. Uh, she is like um, the kind of the female version of Nick Fury. So she's like, you know, when he was recruiting the Avengers, she's out there and she's uh, recruiting superheroes, but it's for something different. And she seems to be somewhat government backed. 
yeah. like a shadow government thing because she got John Walker. So I think it's the Thunderbolts. And I think it still fits into the universe. I used to, I used to love that Thunderbolts comic right around when the Civil War comics were out where Norbert Osborn was leader of Thunderbolts. And what it was a shadow government organization. And what they used it to do was to take down superheroes who refused to register. And I think after Endgame, the Sokovia Accords and all that are still in effect, I think. So I think they could still introduce that aspect of the Thunderbolts and have them you know, out there collecting uh, superheroes who don't register. And that could be cool. And they could kind of be like anti the Avengers and all the Avengers could go like towards That's what Cap was thinking. Yeah. And then yeah. what happens is the public then like kind of turns on the Avengers and the Thunderbolts are then promoted by the government to be the new Avengers. And they're known as the Dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. And every Avenger has like a, a comparable in the Dark Avengers. So like You're right, right. Yeah. Just, US agent would become the new Captain America. Black Widow would become the new or Black Widow. Florence Widow, Florence Pugh <laughs> yeah. would have a new Black Widow. They, then they got set, set, set up someone, maybe if they're setting up the Swordmaster character in the comics, he's the one that comes the bad Hawkeye. Venom becomes he's the, the one that tried in Hawkeye, so, if I can recall correctly, right? Yeah, and he's going to be in the Hawkeye series. So I think they're setting up a that. I think that that's the long-term goal. Of some sort. And then I don't know how that's going to clash with the whole Kang being the new Thanos kind of bad guy, but I think I see... I see those both things kind of happening as like in the backgrounds of all these movies. So I think that's super. Oh, super definitely. Cool. That makes sense. I think no, you're on to something there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, one thing yeah. I did like about the handoff from uh, Natasha to Yelena was you had this whole idea of, um, you know, Natasha was in a dark place when she met Hawkeye. And now we know that Hawkeye is the target of Yelena Belova for this sort of whatever her, she's doing with Valentina and Madame Hydra. So She's probably going to pop up in the Hawkeye series. And now we have a situation, which I think was pretty smart, is that you have uh, Hawkeye being instrumental in sort of uh, uh, Natasha's turn to becoming a hero. And now, and so Natasha, uh, Hawkeye was sent to kill Natasha and he had to make a different call. Now Yelena is sent to kill Hawkeye and she's going to have to make a call. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I wonder if she'll that stay... Like on the bad side, long enough to be part of the Dark Avengers. Like I could be wrong, but I feel wow. like they wouldn't set up this character, this Contessa character, if there wasn't some sort of, because she is the the a version of Nick Fury, like an evil version of Nick yeah. Fury in the comic book. So she has to be setting up some sort of Dark Avenger team. She has, she has a purple else. streak why, in her hair. She has something going on. Something got a scheme. That, <laughs> that purple streak is why I'm thinking that they're trying to combine the two ideas because sure. Norman Osborn is the leader of both of those teams. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think and anyway, this is just all sorts. And they got to bring Red do. Hulk into it. You got to yes, bring Ross Red Ross. Hulk into this. That'd be great. That'd be sure. so cool. Yeah. And and what Mina said was, uh, you know, I think a good call. Something like uh, Suicide Squad works, but where mm-hmm. where Suicide Squad they were forced with um, chips. This is more like a manipulation of you're kind mm-hmm. of a, one of those gray characters we've been talking about. U.S. agent, a little unhinged, and we can kind of steer you in the right mm-hmm. direction where you think you're doing something heroic yeah. and you're doing something terrible. In the Thunderbolts, um, so, they are like uh, arrested and then, but then they're used, right? They're like, they're, the rest is people, but we could use them to our advantage right. as long as no one knows about it sort of deal, you know? Right. But so it's, it's sort of it like, seemed, you can see Valentina, uh, you know, the gears yeah, it's not gonna be exactly are turning that, yeah. where she's, she's already manipulating like, oh yeah, Hawkeye's responsible for Natasha's time. Like, get out of here, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so, so there's definitely some manipulation going on there. Yeah, I was just, I was going to ask you guys. So towards the end of the movie, they did a call back to the fireflies from the beginning where they were like, oh, it's bioluminescence. I was like, you oh, guys yeah. know the symbolism? Is there, there's got to be some symbolism there, right? 
Uh, science is cool. I don't know. I, I quickly looked it up. <laughs> I have no says, idea. I quickly looked it up. It says their presence is meant to bring back nostalgic memories of youth and innocence. When the world was a magical dreamland, nothing was outside the realm of possibility. I thought that was an interesting okay. yeah. piece, especially uh, I I was digging the uh, you know the smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. There I was too. In, yeah, in the opening. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that was a dope cover. Yeah, that's sort of uh, what what got me thinking about Loki too. Is there was an interesting score choice in the yes. fifth episode. Now that we're getting into Loki, did you guys notice what was playing when uh, Richard E. Grant was uh, pulling a Han Solo and five? doing his thing? It was like no. their own rendition of Ride of the Valkyrie from Apocalypse Now. What? It was amazing, really? yeah. Nice. And that ties in not only to Norse mythology, but just in the whole idea yeah. of what he was doing, right? What he was for, doing, for yeah. his self-sacrifice. So yeah, nice. It's really mm. cool. Oh man. Okay, so let's let's do it. Let's uh, look at that setting up setting up the segue. What a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, so uh, Mina, we heard from you first last time. Let's let's hear what you thought. We haven't had you on since we started talking about Loki. What did you think of the series as a whole, and and how it ended? And we'll sort of sort of go with uh, go with the flow as we did with uh, Black Widow as well. Sure. Um, I liked Loki. Um, I liked it a lot. It wasn't my... I liked WandaVision the best out of the, the TV shows that have come out so far, but Loki's probably my number two. Um, I think it's extremely significant in setting up the, the new phase of the MCU and like where the movies are going to go from here. Um, Cause you, like you always wondered once Thanos is gone, what's going to be the next big thing. Um, so I think Loki was, was instrumental in um, doing that. I also think it's a cool way since Loki like is somewhat of a fan favorite in the MCU at this point. Um I mean, if you haven't seen the other Avengers movies by now, too bad. But um, it's a cool way to bring back a dead character. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Loki for me right now, I'll actually have it third, even though I still really <laughs> liked it. I reserve judgment, though, to move it Is it, is it four and a quarter stars or four and a half or what? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would say I would say it's about four and a half, and the other ones are five. <laughs> and, but I'm saying because it's a series. Yeah, I always reserve judgment to rank a series until I've seen it all because I think the other two are really really self-contained and wrap everything up, answer all the yeah. questions. And Loki still leaves like a whole bunch of questions unanswered that I'm still yeah. waiting to hear the answer on. And if I'm hear the answer and it's satisfying and it fits in. To what they've been saying and it makes sense yeah um, and even season two could even do more and explain more and introduce more it could very easily be the number one so well, just as they right didn't now, need to rush series, to the finish but, line right yeah like exactly they... they don't need to give answers the mm-hmm. fact that they're giving us a second season means all these things that are uh i'm questioning about how the timeline works and how the multiverses work and how many of them are there and what's going on and and like like stuff like that like, like they can they can wait to to explain i just need some sort of answer to all those things because it drives me crazy how um i that's not quite uh the way that the time travel and the timelines and multiverses work um is not really it's, i guess they don't want to really just give you a bunch of exposition and explain it even though i'm someone that wants that i want to understand because i think <laughs> you know if people start thinking about it it gets too confusing and obviously doesn't make any sense in a normal reality 
that there are multiverses that intersect and timelines that work that way. But still, I'd like some sort of uh, explanation to some of it. That's all. It's funny. As much as this series is steeped in that subject matter, they don't necessarily do the heavy lifting. They're almost leaving that for the films to do. They kind of mm-hmm. get you in that mindset, but they leave it, like you said, open-ended and, and probably get more... Well, I think everyone films. is everyone is sort of um, saying, like, I don't know, I just... I, I see so many and listen to so many podcast stuff. Everyone's like saying, well, now after Loki, now the multiverse exists. But mm-hmm. it's like clearly the multiverse existed before Always. because there's all yeah. these different yeah. versions of Loki. So it's not just me that's confused. It's everyone. And I want them to bring everyone back into the same understanding. I don't want these tentacles of people misunderstanding well, the show going off and thinking I'll that just, I'll explain there wasn't a multiverse. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Can explain no, it but well. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here and we're going to dive into the details. But mm-hmm. when Loki's talking about his himself and he's saying, you know, and he's talking about the TVA and he's accusing it of just being an illusion you know, a desperate attempt at control. That's mm-hmm. basically what all of this is for, for Kang, right? Or whoever we're calling him. Um, but but yeah, is it? So. I don't know. He could have been the good guy at the end. Anyways, I think it's, I think, but the thing, I think what it sets up at the end of the show, I absolutely love, which is um, there's an explanation why Kang, such a powerful being, wasn't around during the time of Thanos, right? Because he didn't become a threat until this show happened and yes. spoilers Sylvie or at least a did. threat in the timeline we know yeah until Sylvie yeah. did what she did um yeah it's going to be really interesting how they intersected because you know that the variants it's not like she was at the end of time and she killed him so tentacles then spin off from all throughout the timeline so you could have multiple universes now where there's other thanoses and mm-hmm. there's other there's other kang so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what can, they can literally bring back anyone now. Like they can bring back yeah. Thanos. I think we'll um, see some which is insane for sure. Um, the thing I find weird is the not weird, but the whole people have this problem with it's all a lot about determinism, which is an interesting concept. I like that in my sci-fi. It's weird to bring determinism into a, a series like a superhero series. With all these movies because determinism is basically, um, you know, you have no free will and everything that's going to happen to you is predetermined. And you know, time is like uh, it's not linear. It's like, or it's not linear, but you experience it linearly. It's actually like all told right at once, but you just experience it linearly, and that's determinism. But then to give determinism like a face and be like, this is the guy deciding everyone's path mm-hmm. is weird because then it's like, well, the Avengers didn't really defeat Thanos then because he who remains just decided that, that was going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's like nothing yeah. the Avengers did was heroic. Nothing anyone did was meant anything it's so crazy to like 25 movies in be like none of those movies you watched uh, meant anything because no one had any choice or free will and it was all decided by this guy right so yeah. it's crazy that a lot of people are like i hate this show because you know every other movie was meaningless it was all determined by this guy so it's a very big swing a very interesting thing yeah. for them to to do so i i, I like it though i mean I'm not, I'm not i'm not saying i don't like it but i'm just saying it's like an interesting uh, brave thing to kind of introduce but it is yeah, a big it, risk right because yeah. if this series was not uh, part of the MCU if it was a standalone thing telling its own story I think the safe play the very obvious choice would be like an another Loki is at the end of the tunnel right so you mm-hmm. come out and it's like maybe Richard E. Grant but like a e- more evil version or something or just him like Tom Hiddleston again or Sylvie someone else 
that plays into this whole idea of multiple Lokis. And it's just the one that was the most successful that made it to the end and is now trying to control the thing that they've always been doing, which Loki's always been guilty of is trying to subjugate people and this and that. But then this kind of expands it and makes it more part of this evolving MCU. And I still think they did a good job distancing themselves from the Infinity Saga, kind of keeping it contained and now branching out from the aftermath of that, leaving some room for that. And, you know, uh, there's something to be said for a sequence of events, even though they're saying, you know, all time is existing at the same time. It's like, like you said, now is the point where things are starting to unravel for Kang as a character because he was able to keep it together up until this point. There was a point when Thanos was collecting the stones where I think uh, it could be argued that he waited for Asgard to be in ruin to, to make his move. So you could kind of make the same ploy in that like this whole like getting Thanos out of the way, Kang maybe needed the Avengers to do that in order to make his move afterwards. So, so it's a sequence of events type thing. And he was know, sitting I, at the end of time, right? So he's at sitting the end at of the time, end of time. Which, again, so. it's all like, you know, he's at the beginning, he's at the end. But at the same time, this is, uh, and we'll get into it, but like, this is like mm. the immortus of, of all the, the Kangs, right? So it yes. gets really complicated. So we'll, but uh, Where does it uh, rank for you, Ian, right now? Uh, it's honestly, it's, we it's gave number our one. It's number nice. one. Um, I don't know. I haven't ranked the films with the series. I think I'll wait a bit on that and see. Yeah, I haven't done that. Um, especially because it's it's going to head into a season two, and who knows if it's going to stay uh, as an overall series on top. But uh, like you said, the WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier were very expertly told stories in a contained sort of start with a start and a finish. And this one is hasn't finished yet, so it's hard to to judge. But I think the potential is bigger in this series yeah definitely and uh, i i'm interested to hear dave's perspective because we were halfway through the series when we last spoke yeah. and uh, we had that one episode advantage on you so i'm, I'm curious to see where oh, yeah that's right with. yeah yeah I, I i watched up to three and you guys were into four so um yeah no this is uh this is my favorite out of the three for a bunch of reasons i think um three three shows i guess i think uh i think everything that we've sort of talked about previously even even when i didn't watch episode four still stands i still like uh like like mina said he's one of the fan favorites and that's one of the reasons why i was i was more excited for this and it seemed going on what you just said a few minutes ago mike is that it seemed like they were going to go for the big swings and i think they kind of did and again they didn't finish all of them because i don't to, to my surprise at least there's a season two and i don't think anyone really knew that so I think that's why a lot of that stuff's not answered. I'm okay with that because I could watch these characters again. I'm fine with it. Hopefully it's not just strung out and, and feels like it's too much. I think this five, six, seven episode type thing works. It's nice that they have a flexibility. They don't have to hit eight. They don't have to hit 10 episodes. They can do whatever they want. Um, so whenever they feel like they're ready to move on, they're ready to move on. And I think that's great. Um, I, what I, I really what like to do about- is what I read is that every series is the same amount of runtime. So one of it was more episodes because okay. it was 30 minutes. Yeah. These are all about do. 40 or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. That makes sense. They're all about okay. six hours, six and a half hour runtime. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And, and it's, and it feels like the right amount of time, I think for, mm-hmm. for this show, like it, there was a lot, there's a lot going on. It's pretty convoluted. There's a whole, 
a lot of exposition pretty much every episode is explaining what the hell is going on but but it's it's not in do a you want to know way. why i knew it was going to be your favorite dave because the last <laughs> episode didn't end in some crazy battle it ended in this like conversation well that and, that's and i was like I was this gonna is gonna say. be yeah. yeah it's like it's like um uh, what's the word you know this like smart existential conversation yeah and it's just like and the architect yeah it's not a third act of cgi madness which you tend to be like that's the marvel formula right which is what black widow we're talking about so i kind of knew this was going to be your which is what wandavision did and Winter soldier did too it ended in the third act act yeah i think the wandavision version of it was less desirable to me i think the falcon winter soldier kind of expected because i think the whole series was kind of like that and it worked more for me on you know every episode or episode and a half they had scenes like that and it worked more for me than it would have in WandaVision so I think that's why I was okay with it there and I kind of was you know expecting that almost um I think that like a little bit more action in this episode the last episode would have been totally fine Mm. but I do but I do like the fact that they were just sort of sitting there and talking and they got to the and I got like you know they get to the end of the of the conversation or end of the episode and I go Oh shit, that was 40 minutes. Like to me, it just flew by. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. absolutely flew by. And I didn't expect that. And I think that's because the characters were very entertaining and very animated that it felt like they were almost not battling, but it felt like they were going tit for tat in a conversation instead of with their fists or with their knives, which I know there's a scene, part of the scene is that. And I think that's really well done and everything, but um, but they didn't need that. You know, I think it was all about sitting there on the chairs or on the couches with the two characters trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do and why. And you as the viewer trying to pick sides almost because now you like both these characters. Now you like that they're together, at least most people, what I would think. And that's the whole point of the last four episodes is to do that and take you to this point where, well, now you have to pick sides. Which one is it? There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. You don't know what the results are going to be. And I think that that's why it worked for me. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a little more Owen Wilson would have been nice, but Hey, that's okay. That's fine. He'll, he'll come back. <laughs> yeah. He'll be in season two. Yeah. No, I, lo- so, I love the finale as well. Like I, yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that we were given in the fifth episode, a third act finale, essentially what you would expect from a Marvel film with the whole Eliath of it all. And then we were able to kind of slow things down and really blow some minds in the, yeah. in the six mm-hmm. Well, the Eliot thing is is kind of like that was that scene, like that last 10 minutes of episode five was that battle, I think. Yeah, exactly. you know, And it was done in an interesting way because they're using their powers in interesting ways for interesting reasons. And then they didn't need to do that in the last episode. And I think I really liked the way that they did that. And, that, and as long as it's different, I'm going to be more entertained by these Marvel movies and shows. So Black Widow was more different than I thought it was going to be. That's why I liked it more. Loki was different almost every single episode, which is why I liked it yep. more as well. So I think that kind of puts it up that extra step. So um, I think especially uh, Mike and Ian, as far as like where this goes next, you guys would probably have the bigger ideas of how it goes. But um, but I think it's oh, interesting. Oh, White Power. Tell uh, Dave the interesting thing that you Ooh. read about the theory of Yes, please. The villains in the, in the next movies. Oh, okay. I think so, this has some truth to it. Um, I was, um, I saw a like an infographic online, and it was talking about how for like the phase four of the MCU, 
a version of Kang, so a variant of Kang, will be the villain in every single movie. Hmm. So you have the Eternals. The villain will be a version of Kang. Spider-Man will be a version of Kang. Doctor Strange will be a version of him. And it'll be... And Ant-Man, um, it's already confirmed that Kang will yeah. be in it. So there's that oh, one. Doctor okay. Strange would make total sense, right? Yeah, Doctor mm-hmm. Strange, 100%. Yeah. Or, or maybe That's not. Cool. He's, he's at least pulling the strings in every movie. Like he's, he's, yeah, like, he there's going to the, be... Like involved. Yeah. 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 So kind of the same way like Thanos was like involved in some of like the past you saw those like post-credit scenes with thanos where he's kind of like manipulating a bit of it it's going to kind of be like the same idea but that's a great yeah but because the the variant component comes into it we might see them defeat like multiple versions of him throughout phase four of the mcu yeah and and they'll all be different because they're supposed to all be different right yeah exactly potentially played by the same character i guess you're telling me we could get like king rama tut as the villain of the eternals (laughs) that would be amazing (laughs) and it'll be like like the infinity stones i think like he'll be a variant in every movie the concept of infinity stone every movie i think that would be really cool the the way that the way that he plays the character in this episode if he can play that character seven or eight different ways, I'll take mm-hmm. it because that's the thing. It's an act, an actor like him who's so good. It's a dream he's, for him to so just play all of these different versions. Yeah, the way he plays that character to be the next big bad after Thanos is this big, physical, imposing thing, and then you get like this sort of like silly Willy Wonka magician type bad guy. I just think it's so interesting. To, like, or at go least that some way. of them will be that way. Other ones yeah, might yeah, some just of them, be some of yeah. Them. Right? As we're gonna get the purple right? and blue as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna right? get the big opposing to. one, but <laughs> I think I think that's awesome. I think I wanted to mention about the ending because me and uh, yeah. Power were talking about this yeah. as well, where we talking actually or arguing. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna talk about the timeline stuff. Just the <laughs> to, just the Kang and Jonathan Majors. He remains. Um, we were agreement. I think that like she shouldn't have killed him. That what he was saying, I think, is the truth. That he was um, just trying to do the right thing. You know, he's Immortus, he's the last Kang. He's trying to free the timeline of the Kang because he knows what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if it came from a right place or what he, if he did it right, but he's trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing. And he was kind of like Loki and Sylvie, you can do it right. And I think it plays perfectly into a Loki series, Loki character because Loki as the character is always destined to, to do the wrong thing and to fail. Yeah. And that's the tragedy of Loki. So Sylvie, even though she's thinking she's doing the right thing, what she actually did was create the next big threat and she kind of looks regretful in her face after she did it and, and mm-hmm. the fa- and the famous words is like i'll see you again right which is yeah. equivalent to the should have gone for the head and they know it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. right right it's like the, it's like so i think that's awesome how they put in so loki the ending of the series you know he, he finally gets the kiss and then he gets betrayed and then she does the the, the evil thing what she's doing is actually bad it's Unleashing yeah. a threat to the universe, yeah. and you That's mentioned her reaction Loki. too. Right? Yeah, like he, her reaction, she's right, not fulfilled. Right? right, like it's <laughs> not. It's not even just about him being right or wrong. It's also about her character not mm-hmm. getting the result that she thought it was going to be. It's like this big build up and anticipation, and then it's like, oh shit, you know. And I, I think maybe you're right, so, and maybe she just realizes. Uh, yeah. So many deep meanings I that think, ending, right? Yeah. It's, it's the tragic character of Loki. It's just great. Yeah. It's just a great ending. I think that's why Loki's not that I think that's why WandaVision is higher for me, is because of that moment, because you have the stereotypical 
woman making an emotional decision and not the smart decision. And I sure. think that's yeah. that's kind of like, oh yeah, of course she's like not gonna like listen to Loki and make the smart decision in this moment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, but, uh, she she had a lifetime of like revenge driven actions, right? Yeah. Whereas Loki had the ability to kind of look back on his past and have this big revelation that I don't think she ever really had. He was mm-hmm. like her first point of like breaking from her revengeful routine you know so i thought it was very fascinating the whole interplay between both of them and the fact that you know he is the one that seems to be different from the rest so we know loki and we know that he had the the sort of sacrificial turn in in infinity war but even through all that we can kind of predict his uh, actions he's self-serving for the most part up until that moment and then this one having that revelation going through this kind of journey and coming out different on the other side and then realizing his partner in crime who he thought was going to be with him at the end is not there yet. And she's, you know, she's pushing him back through the portal. I thought that was pretty cool. Now she, yeah, tragic like, ending. I love that. is it a betrayal to, in the purest form? No, she could have killed him. Right. Like, there's, there's, she, she wanted him out of the way so she could do what she came to do. Um, but I think everything from that moment of the elevator doors opening, we got Jonathan majors. I was just like, they went there. They actually mm-hmm. did one of the <laughs> things that we were theorizing that they were going to do. I, what I love, what it did, because I predicted in the very first recording, did that the TVA was going to be evil. They had to take it down. But I think they didn't. I think they did flip the expectations. And they kind of made it like, yes, you could see them as evil, but he thought he was. He thinks he's doing the right thing, and maybe they actually they're not evil. Maybe at the end of all this, there is going to be our Loki having to sit at the TVA and try to police it but just keep any kangs from popping up right and that like some tva in itself is not evil it's just the way he was using it kind of thing yeah. anyways i want to talk about the final scene because i have questions i'm hoping ian what the uh, the planet of the apes of it all or the planet of the apes of it. I, wonder, <laughs> I, 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 I never I, thought of that that's amazing it's a statue too that's great i wonder yeah. where no. where he landed. it was the tva all along <laughs> i wish he went to his knees it was like <laughs> yeah i went to <laughs> And it was more Statue of Liberty esque, you know. He was like, holding yeah, something exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, the so she's kicked him through the portal before, you know, she kills he who remains. So yes. where does he end up? That it is a different TVA with different versions of all the agents. It's very confusing because I wouldn't think. Well, couldn't he, he just could end up land there? like? Well, no, because look. Like, listen to like sort of the sequencing them i'll try to explain she kicks him through so when she gets him through the sacred timeline is still in existence it hasn't after she kills him the timeline spirals out so she kicks him through ends up in the tva then you find out the tva hands up in is a different tva with a different version of mobius or at least memory erased and the kang statue so i was thinking you know she kills kang all the different timelines spin off she kicks him through and she, he ends up in a different branching timeline with a different TVA. But, but that can't happen because she kicked him through before she killed Kang. So where does he end up in on the sacred timeline with the different TVA? Are there multiple TVAs? How, um, then how is there a statue of Kang? There's no Kangs in the sacred timeline. It's very confusing to me. Well, so yeah, you guys yeah, have oh yeah, that's right. Cause he says that they're, that he's the last. Yes. Does he say for sure that he's the only one though? Yes. So, okay. so he is, what I would think is the closest thing that like what Mike and I were talking leading up to this finale is 
Immortus, right? He's the, the right. Kang that wins out in the end, the version who beat the rest of his variants because he was able to isolate the timeline and kind of live out the rest of his days. Now, he's so confident in his abilities. This is where I differ from you, Mike, is that I think he is a villain. And even if he doesn't really know it, maybe he's fooled himself. But essentially, he he's so, uh, like you know, um, arrogant that he thinks he's going to wind up back in that space as uh, Immortus, regardless of what happens. And so the way I saw it playing out is actually it was the two Lokis, their moment together. That was the Nexus event. That was the thing that, uh, that really broke the, the sacred timeline. And so it was already spiraling, spiraling out of control before she killed him. So it was inco- it, not that it was inconsequential, but it was already the damage had been done. He mentions that they've already moved past the point. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. So by the time she puts him through the portal, I think he it's already the TV has already changed. But they ha- but they go to so many lengths to show her killing him, and then the galaxies lighting up with all the branching tendrils and the things going on. So I don't know if I. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Ian's, Ian's but... right because the when he the moment he says that we've reached the moment and I don't know what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. they start branching. Yeah. So where does he true. end up when he goes through the portal? That he, he could end up, end up in anywhere. Multiverse? I think. He could that, be. I think he could be funny. anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole idea. Is like as soon as he gets to the point where he ha- he doesn't know what happens next all the you see the like it's like a it looks like a saturn ring but you see it start branching already so like the timelines are changing before she kills him yeah some branching okay i can buy that and yeah so like when and as long as there are kangs in the universe they can create a tva a tva yeah there's right there's only one tva on the sacred timeline because there's only the he who remains immortus only right but if other kangs pop up there can be other tvas in those Okay, I could see that. I could see that as the only explanation, but I was thinking it was a. I was so confused by it all. If I makes sense guess, though, I, makes sense. I get what you mean. Bear in mind, I know nothing about Emma and the Wasp or how quantum mania is really going to factor in all this. But if I had to guess, the TVA exists in the quantum realm. That's what I think. So that, if you, yeah, if you right. look at if you look at the end of time and the way it's kind of like it looks like the macroverse, like you've got like you can see the timeline and all the things branching off. So you're kind of like removed from everything. So if that's the macroverse, then maybe like the TVA exists in the microverse and that's how they're able to react to things so quickly. Because when, uh, when Scott Lang was in there for like five hours, it was five years. Mm -hmm. So they, they can kind of work efficiently in inside of the quantum realm uh, to get to the different timelines or whatever. And if that's the case, then that could be like, where Chronopolis or maybe the TVA turns into Chronopolis when Kang officially takes over. But when I first saw that ending, I was like, okay, this Mobius doesn't know Loki. I thought they were doing the thing in the comics where it's just like the TVA is run by like a bunch of Mobius clones or variants. Um, so I, I don't, I, I think that that was uh, just a miscalculation because I'm rewatching it. It's like, no, no, no. It's clearly like it's changed. And then maybe if Kang is, taking over he's just wiping their minds the same way their minds were wiped when we first met them like so they maybe didn't know the they were same tva but same TVA. in the time that loki and sylvie were talking at the end of time to he remains stuff was happening to the tva because mm. 
he had ended his scripted time and things were like right there could, other kangs could have came in yeah. i don't know it's it just is another it is just really, another spin uh, on what you might think I it, it so. could be yeah. for sure yeah right. I, I think yeah. it's cool because i think i think um if uh if what you guys were saying about you know me you know what you were mentioning about like kang could be the the big bad in all these different movies or, or series or whatever it ends up ends up being in total um Loki will just pop up with another character that he hasn't been with before. Like, you know, he's going to go and he's going to help out Spider-Man or he's going to go and he's going to help out a another or Ant-Man or something like that, that he hasn't before because now he has this, this history here. So I think that that's interesting too, because now potentially he's not teaming up with, with the characters we've seen him before. He's, he's joining crew with, with someone else, which I think is kind of cool. So, um, and more of him with different characters is just more of, of his personality and his um, and, and, <laughs> and with Owen Wilson's character teaming up with these other uh, potentially with these other characters that we haven't seen them interact with before, I think just, just makes cool character moments, which, which I'm all for. Yeah. And to that point, I love what Loki was able to do, like fleshing out, uh, you know, Tom Hilson's uh, take on the character, but like expanding it to a point where you actually are rooting for the guy, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. just completely transforming your your perspective because even i love what they're doing with those legends thing they're great little refreshers because mm -hmm. if you go and even the one for black widow again t it ties into what's going on in loki because you're watching the, everything to do with black widow and they're replaying the scene where uh she's playing loki in the cell and he's saying drakov's daughter like your ledger's gushing red and all this stuff and it's all plays into everything that you know what happens to him in mm -hmm. Loki too. So it's it's just crazy to see that transformation. And then at the same time, the magic trick that they've been able to pull, because now if you had a movie like Quantumania and you didn't have this Loki series and you're just setting up a time traveler on the heels of uh, Endgame with Thanos being the ultimate big bad and now you have a new villain and you're trying to set all that up in one film with all these variants of Kang, are you really going to care that much? Now we've had Loki set up the idea of variants and we actually care about the individual variants. So mm -hmm. now when you see multiple versions of Kang, like Mina suggested, you're going to see all these different versions of the guy and you're going to actually be invested in each version of him, which is kind of crazy, which I don't think they would have been able to pull off without this, this series. So that's the magic trick. No, that's what I like to Yeah, They can do more in the movies, is basically what you're saying. The movies don't have to do as much lifting because they're just going to assume. Yeah, exactly. The they, they laid the groundwork, and, but I yeah. still think they're leaving some of the bigger kind of reveals for the movies, but they kind of laid the breadcrumbs so that it's all going to make sense once they do uh, drop these bombs. <laughs> yeah. They're essentially setting up because like how many movies did it take to get to Infinity War and Endgame? I think like, like 18 um, yeah, 20, 20, yeah. Well, 20, 20 21, 21, right? Is that what it was? Sorry, sorry. 20 to get to infinity war and then we are oh, sorry 19 to get to infinity war and yeah. then we had infinity war and then we had both captain marvel and am right. and the wasp so they're probably they're yeah so they're sitting there and they're like okay we can't do another 19 movies before we get <laughs> to like the big finales of of what's next so they're they're using these shows to lay the groundwork rather than put in those like the movies that are important filler movies yeah like yeah. they're still important because you need the information from it, but um, instead they're they're using these TV shows, and it's it's a, a cool way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're and, working. Uh, they're working, man. They're they're mm -hmm. having people. 
people are watching people are talking about them like what we're doing you know whether it's a, for a while or for a small but like like it's 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 working and i think it's getting people excited like us for what's going to happen next and mm-hmm. um and as you said as they might have these other shows that will sort of quote unquote fill the gaps i mean they're not going to be filler in the sort of negative way they're going to actually make things probably more interesting and have maybe have us have us speculate less because there'll be more answers or more like i think yeah. he's doing like <laughs> i think it's creating more questions less station. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speculating until the day we die no but yeah, uh yeah. i don't know it was really refreshing to see black widow just to have after like you know we were used to getting three marvel films a year and then we had this hiatus pandemic and it's like now we're back but now blink and we're into four movies a year yeah now that black widow has yeah. been released we're getting four movies a year which just sounds insane when you add in the uh, series and stuff. So it's going to be a wild ride. I think this is why we're kind of covering this stuff in depth is because everything links up and it all syncs up. And when we kind of see as we're heading towards the next end game or whatever it is involving Kang the Conqueror and all this crazy time traveling timeline stuff, we're going to have like all these kind of films and series that all kind of led us to this point. It's just going to be, insane for yeah, better or any for worse, version it's... of loki could show up and we've seen them <laughs> before so like that's i really so cool. was digging richard e grant i don't know about you guys i thought oh, he's they have to bring them all back come on i love his i love how his loki outfit everything. feels like he's just wearing someone else's almost it almost looks like he's lazy because it's he's, his cape is like extra big he really crushed the material he was given he wasn't Absolutely. given too much to yeah. work with and he he sold it and not only that he was written in such a way where it's like yeah, of course he's going to be the guy to kind of realize that he can change in the end because that's what our main Loki is, is discovering as well. I'm glad that he well, came so. back and he was that yeah. guy. and he yeah, pulled the Han sure. Solo moment. It was great. Yeah. It was like, right. And he showed yeah, us, he, he was Han Solo in A New Hope meets Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi because he showed us stuff we did not know Loki was capable of. Oh, with him damn. Building Asgard with the illusion. So crazy. And he sort of disappeared of. at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it did take both of them, like, so uh, Loki and Sylvie meeting each other and being able to collaborate. That was the only way they were getting to the castle at the end of time. So mm-hmm. it's still somehow, even though they didn't make it central to Loki and the villain being central to Loki, it still somehow worked as like a Loki story in the end, even though, you know, we have the Jonathan Majors of it, all, like reveal. I mean, if you believe it's, what he said, he wrote that all to happen that way. Like he meant that. Yeah, he paved happen, the way. Right? So, which yeah. I be- I believe it too, because if if we're looking at like an Immortus, I believe that he doesn't care what happens because, like Thanos thought he was inevitable. I feel like this guy thinks he's inevitable as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Ba- that's basically what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. the fact that he's uh, supposed to be Nathaniel Richards in the comics, that means we're probably getting. If that's sort of his family lineage, I would imagine a, a Black Reed Richards. All right, so nice, crazy, extensive talk on on, uh, on Black Widow and Loki. I think that's great. Like you said, Ian, just a couple minutes ago, I, I think there's a reason why we're getting in-depth with this stuff. And I think that's, that's a really good sign of whether you love the shows or movies or you don't, it doesn't really matter. There's a lot to chew on here, and I think that's all a good sign for what's coming forward. So um, mm. I think that's awesome. So... Guys and uh, and Mina, thanks thanks for joining me, um, Mike. Where's everyone keeping up with our stuff? Uh, we're gonna get back to non-Marvel talk probably next time, so we'll see uh, we'll see what we get to. But that's that's next on the list. 
Yeah, a day back in on all, all social media, and the podcast is called Back in My Day. Rank, review, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. It all helps. That's it. We got we got videos of of these episodes and other, and other things up on uh, up on YouTube and stuff too, which is cool. So we're trying to do some more stuff there. So follow us there. Until that time, though, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks guys for joining me. We'll see everybody next time. about your stupid glory days is the crimson dynamo and no one wants to hear about it it's the red guardian get out